we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, the Earth is now about 1.1% uh, degrees Celsius warmer than it was in the 1800s. Based on current projections, global temperatures will rise by about 2.7 degrees Celsius by the end of the century. Now, it's impossible to predict exactly how long-term shifts in temperatures and weather patterns will affect our planet's uh, ecosystems, but changes in one area can influence changes in other areas, and animals will feel that impact. Now, sea levels are rising and oceans are becoming warmer. Longer, more intense droughts threaten crops, wildlife, and freshwater supplies. Uh, from polar bears in the Arctic to, to marine turtles off the coast of Africa, our planet's diversity of life is at risk from the changing climate. Now, today, the UN marks World Wildlife Day. Now, recently, UBC uh, zoology professor, Dr. Caitlin Gaynor, uh, co-authored a paper in Nature Climate Change with colleagues at the University of Washington that describes the different ways in which climate change is leading to more conflict between humans and animals around the globe. Uh, she joins us now. Dr. Gaynor is an assistant professor at the Department of Zoology and Botany at UBC. Dr. Gaynor, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, how does climate change increase human-wildlife conflict? So through both directional change, you know, changes in temperature and, um, you know, sea levels, uh, environments are changing all over the world. And as a result, animals are changing where they're going, what they're doing as they're seeking out uh, food. And people are also changing what we're doing as we're adapting to changes in, in the climate. And these changes by both animals and people are bringing us into greater contact with each other and greater conflict with each other. Hmm. Uh what sort of um, conflicts are you seeing here in Canada? So what we're seeing a lot is it, a lot of what's happening um, and what we found in our kind of global analysis was was up in the Arctic. So changes mm. in the timing of sea ice freeze or just the extent of sea ice means that uh, animals like polar bears are spending more time on land um, and eating more garbage and coming into contact and conflict with people. Um, and, you know, we're also seeing as that sea ice is melting that uh, shipping lanes are open and people are changing their behavior and uh, you know, shipping in, uh, ships are going out into new areas and coming into conflict with animals that previously haven't been exposed to vessels. So, yeah, the sea ice is a big one. Mm -hmm. uh, in regards to more urban areas, are you seeing changes there as well in that conflict? 
Yeah, there. I mean, there's increasing conflict between humans and wildlife in urban areas. I would say less so mediated by you know the direct impacts of climate, but just as a result of kind of scarcity of habitat uh, around urban areas, animals are are seeking out resources in human-dominated areas, and and again coming into conflict with people. Uh, what do you think we need to, to do to address this? I know the broader issue of just uh, you know making sure that the, the Earth doesn't get warmer, and that's going to come through policies uh, from carbon tax taxes to, to our, our transformation to EVs, but just, an, an, you know, an economy that is not powered by, by carbon. Um, but in regards to just addressing and perhaps helping these animals, what kind of things are we doing enough to address some of these things that you've been talking about? Yeah, I mean, you raise a great point that, of course, you know, preventing climate change is key, but it's happening. And so thinking about strategies to adapt and mitigate um, that involve an understanding of wildlife behavior will be key in reducing these human-wildlife conflicts. So by understanding how animals are changing their movement and distributions in response to local environmental change, we can can better anticipate where conflict might occur and mitigate it. And this is something that um, some of my colleagues have done uh, off of the coast of California by understanding how uh, whales, for example, change their migration patterns and feeding habits and responses to changes in local ocean climates. Um, The areas can be kind of set aside for uh, whale protection and and, uh, reduce the risk that uh, fishing vessels will come into contact with those whales. So Mm -hmm. close areas for fishing. So, yeah. It's not too late, is it? No, it's definitely not. Good, I good. think um, I'm an I optimist think, by nature. So. Be <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason I say that is just it's we we have we're in a, we're in a time and place where we are the temperature is warming up based on just our past practices, and the faster we move to address them, and it's very difficult to be the first one to say it. Being in elected office, it's hard to make these changes that can fundamentally, uh, you know, move all of us collectively to a better, cleaner place. Um, but do you think we need to move even faster now in regards to even addressing not just the issues of animals, but the biodiversity as well? Yes, of course. I mean, I, I think that we're already, we're going to continue in the future be dealing with the decisions that we've made in the past. And if we continue kind of do on the, the path that we're on, um, that's just going to kind of set us on on this bad path even further into the future. So uh, certainly, but I think I think there's reason to hope. I think that, you know, increasingly people are aware of the impacts of climate change on biodiversity. And as we understand more and more about how ecosystems function and respond to changes in the climate, we can kind of better design uh, adaptation and mitigation strategies in parallel with our efforts to reduce climate change. Uh, in regards to um, moving policy quickly, uh, governments moving quickly to help animals, is there a jurisdiction you think that, that does it well? I mean, I think that there's been a lot of good conversation happening in, in BC and Canada around how to better protect species at risk and um, and kind of prioritize biodiversity conservation along with, with human needs. And and I, I think that, that things have been moving in the right direction. We just need to keep keep continue doing that. Mm-hmm. Dr. Gainer, thank you so much for your time. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much.